On this episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we do a quarter season check-in and we look at the first team all regrets, first team sleepers, first team all waivers, and the first team for top scorers. We also look at Calvin Ridley being the number one receiver, even though he had zero points last week. And we also talk about Warren Beatty. Who is Warren Beatty? Millennials these days. I don't know. I know that's a serious question. I really don't know what he's famous for, but we'll talk about all that and more. Stick around. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This is the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I'm Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. Are you guys ready for a fun fact? Always. Oh, I'm ready. This is from Tyler. If you fire a bullet from a gun straight ahead and drop a separate bullet at the same time from the same height, both bullets will hit the ground at the exact same time. Did you fact check this? So, yes, I did. (laughs) Mythbusters has a whole segment on this Mm. because this is like as theoretical physics as it gets. The idea is that the horizontal plane and the vertical plane, the poles, like gravity, they're not related. They're basically independent events happening at the same time. Mythbusters tried this, and the result was it came down to like less than 40 milliseconds, which is slower or faster than the human eye can even perceive. So, yes, Mm. they fired a gun from a pistol, dropped a bullet, hit the ground at the same time. I'm just thinking about my high school physics class because that's the last time I took physics, and I'm trying (laughs) trying to decide if it's like the force or whatever you know i don't know what the i don't know what the equations are anymore but like the the forward force doesn't make a difference at all i think no, that's kind of crazy does, well there's no wind resistance so that does on a bullet so it doesn't come into it but well the gravity drops everything equally like if you drop a bottle cap and a book from the same height like they'll hit the ground at the same time and i knew that but the bullet thing <laughs> kind of messed me up i don't think that's true about a bottle cap because i think bottle caps catch air but i think i promise it's true a bottle cap i promise well, like if you dropped like a playing card, a playing card wouldn't hit the ground as quickly as a bowling ball. If you drop a person in a parachute and a basketball, they land on the ground at the same time. That's what he's saying, Heifetz. There's, there's, there's different. I think there's difference in aer- aerodynamics. Yeah, like a bottle cap probably catches a little bit of air as it falls down. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you guys would like this one a little more. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> I have to be honest. I thought this one was about, really cool. I. I think it's very interesting, but I'm dubious about all, all right. these facts that you're, you're throwing at me. Shouts out Mythbusters, though. Great Mythbusters. show. Mythbusters. Look, just because I got Donald Parham wrong in the last one doesn't mean I don't fact check <laughs> the fun facts, okay? All right. Well, speaking of shots fired, Bill O'Brien fired from the wow. Houston Texans this week. Oh, good job. <sighs> nice. So that was one- like legitimately <laughs> right after we stopped recording yesterday's pod. Like- Honestly, my worst nightmare as a producer. 
<laughs> that was so frustrating because it's perhaps my favorite topic in the NFL is Bill O'Brien doing anything. <laughs> yes. It also came hours after he was like, yeah, I'll probably, I'll just keep playing, calling plays the rest of the season. Also, I re-listened to the pod and Craig's joke about how, you know, the, it's the opposite of viewing effect is Bill O'Brien effect where you trade away a player and your team immediately gets worse. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, I think that was so apt and literally like five minutes later. O'Brien fired. I just want to quickly, can we just quickly do a Bill O'Brien timeline of the last 13 months? Sure. Yes, please do. August 8th, they trade a third rounder for Duke Johnson, which is the most draft capital a team has traded for a running back in like six years, and they didn't really play Duke Johnson. August 31st. Text? I actually forgot. Yes. Three weeks later, they signed Carlos Hyde to play over Duke Johnson. And then the same day, they trade just Davion Clowney away for a third rounder. And then the same day, they trade two firsts and a second for Laramie Tunsil from the Dolphins, which is a lot to give up. They also don't sign him to a contract extension. Hold that thought. Then at midseason, they trade, I believe, another third or a fourth rounder for Gary on Conley, which is the second year in a row that Bill O'Brien has traded for a player the week of the trade deadline they were facing, which I'm... Oh, yeah extremely certain is because he's already watching tape of the team that they're playing and doesn't have time to watch tape of the other 30 teams. So he's like, fuck it. We need to make a trade. I'll trade for this guy. I'm watching on tape <laughs> right now. He did that two years in a row. Continue March 16th trades away. Deandre Hopkins for David Johnson in a second rounder. So <laughs> keep in mind, traded a third rounder for Duke Johnson. Didn't play him over Carlos side and then traded for David Johnson, who the Cardinals were going to cut if they hadn't traded him away. They also got a second rounder. The next day, they guarantee $18 million to Randall Cobb. And then three weeks later, they trade a second rounder for Brandon Cooks. That's pretty unforgivable. Three weeks after that, signs Laramie Tunsil because he didn't give him the contract extension to a record-setting deal because Laramie Tunsil fires his agent, directly negotiates via Zoom with Bill O'Brien, and basically, I imagine, said, dude, you traded two first-round picks for me. If you let me leave in free agency, you are fired. Yeah, he had infinite leverage. He got the best deal in the history of the offensive line without an agent. So is Bill O'Brien a one out of 10 GM, but like maybe like a six out of 10 coach? He's a seven something out of like 10. That. Kevin yeah, Clark for theringer.com wrote that Bill O'Brien overachieved with Brock Osweiler, where he got to the playoffs to win a playoff game, and then had Deshaun Watson and only won one playoff game. Well, has he AFC won like nine or more games five in like five of his last six years? They won the AFC South four times. That is hard to do. He's a good coach. And then he was just like, oh, I'll just be the GM too. Coaches famously sleep in their offices. How are you going to do a 90, 100 hour week job? And then, oh, I'll also do all of the general manager jobs. Why didn't they just fire him as a GM? Can you do that? I think you're just too, you're just too in deep. I think you just want a clean break at this point. I mean, he's like, you, he's just run the roster into the ground. It's such an odd time to do it. <laughs> I mean, I, it, you, you can kind of talk yourself into why they did it. And then it's kind of odd in a different way because... They had like the hardest schedule to start the season. So like, they, yeah, they went 0-4, but like they had a really hard start. So now you can bring in somebody else or, you know, hire somebody within and now they can win some games because they're playing easier teams and it'll look like Bill O'Brien sucked even more because now they're winning. But you could also make the argument that like, why do it now? One, I think it was the knee jerk. I think the owner, Cal McNair, probably heard all this stuff and was like, wow, that was really a mistake to trade away this DeAndre Hopkins guy. Like it didn't help that DeAndre Hopkins was amazing and they, they started 0-4. But I also think it's just, you can't separate it. Like you can't, demote Darth Vader. Like, once you have that level of power and you take away half, you can't just be like, yeah, he's walking around the office like, oh, hey, Darth. Darth doesn't get a lightsaber now, but he's still walking around. Yeah, exactly. This is how this is how I look at it. Do you know the meme how it's like the dude pointing at like the piece of paper that says the best time to delete this tweet was immediately after sending it. The second best time is now. 
This is essentially what the Texans are doing. The best time to have fired him was a long time ago, but the second best time to do it is now. Like, you might as well just get it fucking over with because it's clear that he's, like, not the direction this, this, like, franchise needs. The most shocking part is that the Texans cut the umbilical cord with Bill Bryan before Adam, before the Jets did it with Adam Gase. And honestly, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn and Matt Patricia with the Lions is also, I, there are so many coaches that just are teetering on the edge. All right. So wait, can we briefly talk about what this means for the Texans from a fantasy perspective? Do we feel better, worse, or exactly the same about everybody? I wanted to ask you, Craig, about your David Johnson love <laughs> affair. Ugh. Because this yeah, potentially screwed. kills Johnson's value because it now really there's is. no like, Bill O'Brien's God, man. Have you guys ever seen The Wire? You know, there's a point where basically one of the guys in the a cop in The Wire witnesses the mayor. I mean, you know, doing some things you shouldn't be doing. And then the guy, <laughs> another cop later is like, dude, you got to get the mayor reelected. That's your rabbi. And it's like, that was David Johnson trying to save Bill O'Brien's job. Like, <laughs> like just campaigning for the owner. Like, no, no, he's great, dude. I know. It's like now David Johnson's at a different school and he's got no friends. It's kind of, I don't know what to do. I mean, it, there's certainly no <laughs> dependence on anyone's job riding on David Johnson's performance. Exactly. I think it's interesting. It's going to be very interesting. I, I, I want to know if they'll start using Duke Johnson more. Because this has been like a really long running thing where Duke Johnson's way too good to be on the sideline so much. I want to know if they're going to, I mean, honestly, with the receiver situation, like, are they going to try and like get more out of their young guys? Are they going to roll with Cobb? Because Cobb's been playing quite a bit and getting quite a bit of targets. I don't know. I just think it's going to be fascinating to see how the the next coach uses the personnel, if, if there is any difference at all. I would like to say that things will be totally different now, but I think it'll take some time. But in reality, yeah. They're just having an easier schedule now. And I have to think that they'll just be better a little bit. I, I would be shocked if they're worse. That would be really that would be really nuts. But I also don't expect them to get significantly better. All right. With all that said, shall we get into the first team, all fantasy? Yeah, why don't we talk about what we're doing? So yeah, so it's a quarter of the season quarter of the way through the season, twenty-five percent, quarter of whatever the hell your twenty-five percent barriers. Yeah, one fourth of the way through the season. So we wanted to do some quarter season teams, like you know, there's all pros and stuff. We wanted to do that for fantasy, but we kind of wanted to make it a little more fun. So we 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 did a few different versions of some teams here. We voted on stuff. We yeah, we actually vote. We took this serious. We had the balloting. We did. We like got Price Waterhouse Cooper. The people who protected the Oscar votes. <laughs> the people yeah. who screwed up La La Land. And yeah, we have those people <laughs> count our votes. So we had blind balloting, and those people are holding the briefcase in the back. Yeah. So we wanted to do like our own version of voting for like first team all defense in the NBA. Except it's first team all guys you picked off of waivers, first yep. team all sleepers that worked out, first team all guys that you picked and have real regrets about. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, should we just do read the actual highest scoring players at each position team? Yeah, this is the actual <laughs> first team all fantasy through one quarter of the season. Yeah, we realize very quickly you can't really vote on guys who just have an objective scoring measure. So mm -hmm. <laughs> first team all fantasy this season's Dak Prescott at quarterback, Alvin Kamara at running back, Aaron Jones at running back, Calvin Ridley at receiver, Tyler Lockett at receiver, and drum roll, please. Robert Tanya at tight end. Unbelievable. He's the tight end one. Yeah. I <laughs> love it. So he just had three touchdowns on Monday night. I hope you added Bobby Tanyan. If you're listening to the ads, you would have heard Danny recommend playing Tanyan. So he barely beats out Travis Kelsey, who was 0.1 point lower than him this year. And Robert Tanyan. <laughs> has only got three games of actually really playing. He had no catches in week one. So he's done this in one less game than everybody else. Well, he has five touchdowns. 
So that, that helps buoy things a little bit. For I, him. If Devontae Adams was never hurt, <laughs> he probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> I want to know how many people actually have started Tanya one time this year, though. He's the no, tight end one. That, that, no, but I think it matters, though, because the fact that Devontae was out and then Lazard was out, I think that a lot of people really might have started Tanya. I also think it's funny because a lot of people probably yeah. added Tanya. My whole recommendation was add Tanya if you have Kelsey in case this Patriots Chiefs game is canceled and then it turns out Tanya was yep. way better than Kelsey on Monday night anyway. So when you look at this whole all fantasy, first team all fantasy, this team is theoretically attainable. You could, even if you had a snake draft, like you could have gone Kamara one, Jones two, Ridley three, Locke at four, Prescott five. Wow. I mean, it, it's it's very, very doable. So I want to, if any listener out there has this team, receipts. Camara, and to be clear, that would be Camara, Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, Dak Prescott. That is an extremely attainable team. And Tanya. And Tanya. That's the oh, weird If one. you have Tanya, please, yeah, you have to email that's us if you kicker. have that team with Tanya. Yeah, so let us know if you got that. Okay, so just sticking with this for a second, can we talk about how Calvin Ridley is the number one receiver in fantasy football, even though he put up a freaking goose egg on Monday night? <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. I love that. That's I love it. that. I, what do you do with that? It, that's the, but here's the thing. So it's been four weeks, right? Yeah. So what is more Falcons than doing great for the first three and then blowing it in the fourth? Oh, wow. Oh. Really nice. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what the hell happened last night. I mean, and Julio left. He only played the first half. And Calvin Ridley got like five targets. And maybe he wasn't completely healthy, but it was, and I have Calvin Ridley on one of my teams. It was miserable. Zacchaeus kept catching the goddamn ball. <laughs> Actually, he's kind of fun. He's, he's he fast. <laughs> There was also the bizarre pregame show for Pat's Chiefs, which is Donald Trump flying on a helicopter to the White House. But we don't have what's, to. What's you know? What's the most like, excluding Tanya? What's the most shocking thing here? I don't think it's Dak. It's obviously not Kamara. I uh, um, I think the most I shocking thing is that you could definitely ha- this team. This team is attainable based on just ADP. I think it's what you said of like. It's not just, it's not really a reach to be like Alvin Kamara in the top three or four, Aaron Jones with your second pick. Calvin Ridley third, Tyler Lockett fourth, Dak Prescott. It's extremely possible that many people have this. It wasn't even this hard. Great. You, none of those were reaches. Can we talk about how Aaron Jones scored another touchdown last night and now has six on the season? <laughs> <laughs> so you he said he would have 19 touchdowns he again. He's a that for more. Like, smirking, you smug son of a bitch. All he knows is touchdowns. Well, your bold prediction was that he would have exactly 19 again. But he's actually a pace for more than that. Yeah, I, I would say he just have the it. same year. <laughs> I don't think any of us did you did, did so I want to know this is number one, good job. Number two, did you expect the Packers offense to be like averaging like 38 points a game this year? Yes. Or whatever no. they're doing. Yes. Yeah, I did, obviously. This is what's the Packers are the kind of the most fun team this year, in my opinion, because they're basically like the the fuck analytics team. Where everybody yeah, last year was like, are. technically they're the worst thirteen and three team we've ever Fuck had. The and nerds. Aaron Rodgers' numbers actually mean he's terrible. And Aaron Jones was way too efficient. And you know what? They're just doing it again, except better this year. Also, Matt Lafleur. Did you see the stat they had where it's the first coaches in their first twenty games, and Matt Lafleur has like the second best record of all time? Well, wait, he went thirteen and three, and now he's four and zero. Yeah, he's seventeen and three in his first twenty games, and the other who's the, first. Oh crap! I probably should have had this. It's he's tied. Oh, I'll pull it up. <laughs> it's like George Cipher or something. But um, that, that yeah, pretty, I get, that's my pretty only, interesting. Yeah, yeah. My thinking was just like, I, I from going forward, I'm never going to knock somebody for being too good. Oh, I, I <laughs> you know, he's tied with Paul Brown, who's like the best coach oh, of all time. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's <laughs> here's my here's my retort, Craig. Like, 
you're never gonna you're never gonna doubt people for being too good. But like, look at what Lamar Jackson has done so far. Um, I'm not saying he's been bad, but after this absurd record setting season, we talked about regression all off season, and look at what's happening. Exactly what regression told us would happen. He's regressing. Nerd. So, I feel like he's just a he's he's like an Alvin Kamara style outlier. Like he's just he's so efficient, uh, and the variables all match up for him to just like be the outlier of outliers. I you know that's math stuff. He's the number two receiver on the team, and then the number one got hurt. And I think that's really what it comes down to is he's actually the focal point of their offense. And Devontae was hurt half the half the games last year too. So yeah, maybe all you need to do is just you know hit Devontae in the knee, and then Aaron Jones will have a great year. <laughs> I mean, it's not a coincidence that Kamara and Aaron Jones are both on teams where the number one receiver, the top two, like the top two receivers in fantasy football, the top two receivers in maybe real football, both got hurt. And those running backs who are great at catching passes are the top two guys. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. And it's also not a surprise that Tyler Lockett's up there considering what Russ is doing. And if we added a third wide receiver spot, spot it's Amari Cooper, which makes yeah. sense with Dak. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Okay, so let's get to first team all sleepers. Sure. These are the sleepers that that worked out the best this year. All the all the takes that worked out. First team all sleepers. All the sleeper hits. So we yeah. voted on these. So we all basically like listed guys, gave them point values, and then figured out who was our top picks. And then accountants with briefcases came and then handed us envelopes, which we will be reading from right now. Spoiler, Moonlight actually won. I did actually watch that before we did this because I kind of wanted the vibes. Okay. Quarter <laughs> what? I don't know. I just kind of was like, well, how'd that go The vibes again? of that moment. <laughs> I kind of wanted to just see it again. I was like, how did that happen? It's it's funny. Terrible. Who was up there? Uh, Faye, I don't know. Uh, the guy, Larry something. No. Warren, wait. Warren. His name was Warren. Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, Warren, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spoken like a millennial. His name was Warren. <laughs> yeah, Warren Beatty. <laughs> Dude, what? I have no idea who Warren Beatty is. <laughs> I don't have a clue. Everyone over 40 is probably like, what is wrong I've, with you? His name was Warren. You do know who Warren Beatty is, right? No, Bonnie I, I and Clyde? Really don't. No, is is that like a TikTok star duo? Oh yeah. my god, Addison okay. Ray and Warren Beatty. No, all right. First team all sleepers is quarterback Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the quarterback for first team all sleepers. Running back is Antonio Gibson. Those two are unanimous. The other running backs Kareem Hunt and receiver. We got Robbie Anderson, who's unanimous. Receiver is Ceedee Lamb, who's unanimous, and then Noah Fant at tight end. And then there were a couple others receiving votes, uh, including. Daryl Henderson got votes. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. PWC, uh, PWC lost the votes. Justin Jefferson, Darius Slayton. What do you guys make of this list? I mean, Gibson, we talked about Gibson this week. I mean, DK, you were dead on about Gibson. Josh Allen is like on teetering on the brink of a sleeper, but yeah. I think that, no, that was, but I think that it counts because 
Yeah. People, I mean, shout out Evan Silva at Establish the Run, who said Josh Allen would be an MVP candidate and him at like the eighth or ninth spots of bargain. He That is exactly true through four weeks. So I think that's a sleeper when you're like historic, having a historic fantasy season and you're going eighth or ninth. I think that counts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go into the season as the QB nine, specifically because people doubt your ability to pass the football and, and doubt your ability to be the long, like to, to take that next step, I guess. Because I guess, like, if you're looking at Josh Allen, his profile is he has the ceiling to be the overall QB1 because of what he does as a rusher. But so many people doubted his ability to be a passer. I think that's why he qualifies as a sleeper, just because. Because when like, you took him, someone in your yeah. league was like, that guy sucks. You're an yeah, idiot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because people doubted he could ever be accurate. People doubted he could ever be a, a prolific passer or, like, even, you know, have his team, like, really ask him to throw the ball around the field. Because his foundation as a runner is elite, you know, and it, well, not elite. Maybe, maybe he's a little bit behind like the Jacksons and the Kyler Murrays, but still like very, very strong. And yeah, so I guess I, I think he, I, I think he qualifies, even though he was like in this, he was like overall ADP of like 74 ish. So like, you know, sixth, seventh round, but still, I think it counts. And, and he's been way, way better. He deserves this because he's been so much better than anyone thought. Well, maybe not Bills fans. The other person, so Kareem Hunt, I mean, he's just been really good, but Robbie Anderson at receiver is just unreal. It's glaring. It stands out so much. Him and Antonio yeah. Gibson. I mean, Antonio Gibson is a guy that uh, most people, the average fan would not have known who that was going into the season. No. They would have never heard his name. And Robbie Anderson is like the second coming of Ted Ginn kind of where everyone just thought he was just like a deep guy who would change teams a lot and catch one ball a game for 40 yards. And now he's killing it. DK, is Robbie Anderson just eating DJ Moore's lunch? What's going on now? I think the problem is the way that he's being used is way more valuable in fantasy. And DJ Moore's ADOT, his average depth of target, has gone way up this year. Robbie Anderson's, conversely, has gone way down compared to what he was doing with the Jets. And so he's getting a lot of these slants. He's getting things over the short and intermediate, you know, using his ability to pick up yards after the catch. No one really, like, I think that's what everyone envisioned what DJ Moore's role would be. And that's why so many people were so high on DJ Moore. But Robbie Anderson stepped in and kind of been that guy for this offense. And so, you know, it's just another freaking example of like escaping, <laughs> escaping the yoke of Adam Gase is the best thing that can happen in your career. I cannot wait to see what Sam Darnold and Herndon and all these other guys can do for the Jets. Um, obviously, they're not like super deep in talent, but like we can't blame everything on Adam Gase. We also have to give some credit to Sir Purr. Who's that? To what? Did you guys not see the video of Robbie Anderson being like, what's that bear over there? And oh, his teammates I did see like, that. That's Sir Purr. He's like, what's Sir Purr? He's like, that's the mas- mask guy. He's like, you call Sir Purr? Yeah, I saw that. Sir Purr. No, I Sir didn't, Purr? I didn't, that. I didn't know what you were saying there. Um, no, we, no one. We also got to give I, a little credit here to, to Matt Rule and Joe Brady, right? Like, wh- how has yeah. their offense changed since last year? Like, what kind no, of I stuff don't. Are they I want to give it to Sir Purr. I don't want to give them any credit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Sir Purr's offense. You give credit to the offense. You can give credit to Teddy Bridgewater, who's been more prolific than I thought he would be. And overall, just the Panthers have not been nearly as bad as people thought. A lot of people had him had them being like the worst team in the NFL coming into the year. So yeah. they've definitely overachieved in that sense. And then the only other one that no one's talking about is Noah Fant, right? Noah Fant is like a top three yeah. tight end right now. And he even got hurt halfway through last week checking right now he's the tight end four now that tanyan exploded but i voted for him because i realized that we're not going to be able to vote for him again in any other context because i'm worried about his injury but he's been fantastic he was the tight end 11 and half ppr or 12 sorry so this is a again kind of borderline i would have i think i my top vote was hawkinson here 
What? I, no. Honestly, I think the top vote is my top vote was Johnny Smith. Wait, no, that's correct. Actually, my 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 top vote was also Johnny Smith. Why what is Johnny hell, Smith? <laughs> I think I think this is literally a moonlight situation. This is PWC. No, those for waivers. <laughs> we have them there for waivers. You guys listed them at the same spot. I thought that because oh, okay. you know what you know we're doing we're not doing Oscar style, which is dumb. We're doing the VMA style, where it's if you win one, the better category. If Beyonce wins best music video, she doesn't also win the like the lower lesser video. It's like you have to give like awards to MVP different people. MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Exactly. You, if you win MVP, okay. like guess what? Someone else gets Offensive Player of the Year year so we're gonna talk about johnny smith later we can concentrate on fan because he he has been really good he's been i think what everybody thought he would be coming out of um out of iowa like really good after the catch really dangerous over the middle of the field like on these crossing routes and stuff the the broncos have been a disaster both in quarterback situation and in injuries in fact he's hurt now so we'll see how long fan is out it might only be in uh, another couple of weeks but um yeah he's been great man he's been He's on that trajectory to be one of these elite tight ends, I think. And also, if you're wondering why we don't have like Robert Tanyan in here, it's because he was not a sleeper going into the season. Like these are people who were on radars who were at the bottom of draft boards. <laughs> Tanyan was not there. I don't know about you guys. Be- I was saying Robert Tanyan all August. <laughs> I was shouting it from rooftops. I was saying, you know, I don't know where you guys there, were. There I was, was a little bit of Tanyan talk, but I'm just going to no. look it up. No, he was, you know, your was, general was, draft DK, we were 10 joking. random don't, dudes. Don't, don't don't find the Robert Tanya receipts. No one has them. I'm not looking at receipts. I'm looking at I'm I'm going to confirm what you guys are saying because this this list from Fantasy Pros goes up to 388. And oh, like what are you looking at? Average draft position? Yeah, and he's not on it. So he was no. in the 390s, <laughs> yeah. probably. Yeah, yeah so yeah, he's not right. a sleeper. He's a, I, I don't <laughs> I mean, know what he is. He's comatose. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he was not on people's radars, really. So also like the last category, if you somehow have all of, like if your team got so ravaged with injuries, which is possible that you had McCaffrey and you had, you know, uh, Michael Thomas, and this is somehow your starting lineup or you roster all these people, send us a screenshot. I love that. Yeah. Or just send us a screenshot of your injury ravaged lineup. That's probably funnier. (laughs) Yeah. I'd I'd probably enjoy that more. All right. Well, speaking of Robert Tanya and Noah Fant, we'll go, let's talk about FanDuel. That was okay. Yeah, it was all right. But you know what's better than okay? You know what's fantastic? FanDuel. Because the Ringer Fantasy Football Show is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. Week five of the NFL season is here, and we are entering our fantasy lineups on FanDuel. If you've never played FanDuel Fantasy before, don't worry, because FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season with no deposit required. And this year, FanDuel is now offering daily snake drafts. Snake drafts are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. You just draft live just like any other season-long fantasy, but with winners every game day. The best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one. Here's how it works. You find a daily snake draft, and then you draft your team live, and then the draft starts as soon as the contest fills, and you and your opponents will draft six players in a six-round draft, 30 seconds per pick. And unlike other FanDuel contests, there's no salary cap. Which is great because we love drafting. It's the best part of fantasy. You get to do your draft. You get to think about it. You get to look at it after and be like, damn, I'm so smart. I did such a good job before you lose. And that's the you get to do it every week then. You get to feel smart all the time. So you just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who do want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with FanDuel's 20% deposit match. So go to FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. That is FanDuel.com slash Ringer Fantasy. FanDuel, more ways to win. All right, well, we could use some FanDuel Daily Snake Drafts because 
Right now, we're going to go through the season-long regrets team. The first mm-hmm. team, all regrets. This is tough. Okay, so this is based on the voting. Quarterback is Daniel Jones. Running back is Kenyon Drake, unanimous. Running back is Le'Veon Bell. Receivers, DJ Moore, unanimous. Receivers, AJ Green. Tight end is Rob Gronkowski. I have some bones to pick with the academy here. <laughs> What's up? I don't, I, I kind of can't believe that you guys picked Daniel Jones as a first team all regret. I don't think that makes any sense. Why? Because yeah, if you pick, no one picked him as their first quarterback for start. That's not like, true. And then, no, no one picked him, unless you're in a two quarterback league, no one picked Daniel Jones to start. And then two, the whole point of Daniel Jones was, hey, the first few weeks are going to be tough. They're playing the Steelers, the Niners, the Rams, the Bears early. And then later on, the whole point was that they were always going to be bad to start. You wanted him for the final three months as a sleeper. I think the Academy has uh, misjudged. I think that there is a much better person here. Okay. Who did you vote for? Lamar Jackson. Mm. Because you took him really early and he's like top eight, kind of. And he's had two pretty meh weeks. I mean, I think this is a valid argument. I agree, Danny, because exactly what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, he was either the QB one or QB two in most leagues, probably. And you were reaching for him a lot. Like there's a huge tier between the people that were taking Mahomes and Jackson and then guys like Prescott, Wilson, Watson, whoever. So I think that's definitely fair. You know, regression's hitting him at least early on in the season. He hasn't been as, you know, explosive on the ground, certainly. And, and you know, there's he had a he had a really rough game against Kansas City. So it's I mean, I close. Think this is fair it's that- close. He's Lamar Jackson is averaging 21 fantasy points a game. I mean, it's not that bad. It's just that everybody else has exploded and he's Yeah, but the average just- is bel- it belies the fact that he had one game, I think, with 15 and another 17. It depends on your scoring. But I mean, that's not good. He's gone 27, 17, 14, 26. Yeah, 14 is pretty bad. bad. I think it's no one regrets Daniel Jones in whatever round you drafted him more than Lamar Jackson so far. And then there being five quarterbacks or three quarterbacks who are on historic fantasy pace. And then plus another three quarterbacks ahead of him. And then he's not even close to those guys. And you took him either first or second among quarterbacks. I agree that it's that's a, that's a good call. I mean, Daniel Jones, if you look at his average draft position, it was 15th amongst quarterbacks, and he's the quarterback 30. And you can just cut him. No, but yeah. no, you just cut him. It does. You have to play Lamar Jackson. There's no choice. I think you're right, though, Danny. Like, Daniel Jones yeah. probably not. But I just want to stick pick. with... But the interesting part here is that if you look at the others receiving votes, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Marquise Brown, the Ravens as a whole have been pretty disappointing. And Mark yeah. Andrews would be on this list if not for a big week this week. I was just going to bring up the other quarterback that I think you could probably throw in here. If if you're not happy with that Lamar Jackson take, Drew Brees was the QB7 in ADP coming into the year, and he is currently the QB19. Yeah, he, he I got I gave him um, a vote on my list. Drew Brees was my lowest vote, as well as Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been very disappointing. Well, Wentz and yeah. Brees, I think, have been more disappointing in real life than fantasy. Also, if you want to hit one more person, it's Deshaun Watson. Well, yep. Yep. But now we have the Bill O'Brien theory coming in, so we'll see how he does. Maybe, well, whatever happens with these Texans, we'll just have a new Bill. We'll call it the Bill O'Brien theory. We'll we'll figure out what the theory is later, but we're going to pencil in (laughs) Bill O'Brien theory. We'll figure out what to say later. Kenyon Drake has sucked, and it's really tough because it seems like, watch just watching the games, it seems like Chase Edmonds at this point is probably going to take that job soon. I was kind of optimistic about Kenyon Drake getting better, and now I'm just, I feel like Chase Edmonds is coming for that job. And then that's really tough. But we were unanimous on that. The other person we have to mention here is Julio Jones, who did not make this team because A.J. Green has not had 
double digit points yet. He was drafted in the top 70. T.Y. Hilton has not had double digit points yet. He was drafted in the top 60 or whatever. Those were my three votes, AJ, Julio, and T.Y. But Julio has been particularly bad because he had a great week one and then two, well, like five points or whatever in week two and four. It's brutal. And then our other running backs are, so just to start over, first team all regrets. We're, we're replacing Daniel Jones with Lamar Jackson. And then we got Kenyon Drake. <laughs> we got Le'Veon Bell. Remember him. We got DJ Moore, unanimous. AJ Green. And tight end, we have Gronk. For tight end, I, I think it really should be Evan Ingram. That was my vote. But, you know, I, I guess Gronk's been disappointing. I don't know how high his expectations really were. In, in well, if you drafted mind. him, probably pretty high. Because you're the person in your league who's like, oh yeah, Gronk, I'm going to wreck it. But I mean, but yeah. I think Le'Veon Bell is unfair. I think he should be replaced on the on the basis of he got injured. I feel like Mark Ingram probably is a stronger spot right there. That's fair. Well, Mark Ingram's been pretty bad too. Ingram is like not getting very many carries and they're like the least valuable carries. So he, he's like borderline droppable at this Empty point. Empty calories. Also, you want to really talk about one, like if you talk about draft position, I mean, Carrion Johnson was like drafted in like the eighth round. Oh, the other, yeah, the line, well, really we're talking about Ravens and Lions running backs because J.K. Dobbins has been awful. Mark Ingram's been awful. Carrion's been awful. And DeAndre Swift has been awful. And three, three to four of those guys are droppable and you probably can't because of how much you spend on them and for the Ravens, how good that offense could be. And you'll feel dumb if they go off, but they've all been horrible. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. They've been very bad from a fantasy point of view. Like Dobbins is really flashed. He just doesn't get any carries. Yes. To be, <laughs> he well, doesn't get enough carries. And yeah. Swift has apparently been bad enough that they're like, yeah, Adrian Peterson, you can get the ball instead, even though you've been here for a month. So yeah. that's tough. Yeah. Okay. First team, all waivers. These are guys that, you know, you probably added off of waivers. They're not preseason sleepers. They're guys you added. Quarterback. Finally, some justice. Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Dolphins. All you heathens who voted for Gardner Minshew have a beef with you. Quarterback what? is Ryan Fitz. Dude, Fitz is, we'll get to this. Quarterback is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Running back is James Robinson. Unanimous. Probably the strongest entry on yeah, any of these teams. Easy. Other running back is Mike Davis. Receivers, Justin Jefferson. Unanimous. Receivers, Alan Lazard. Tight end is Jonu Smith. I have a huge bone to pick with multiple of these picks. Okay, well, let's let's hear it out because I'm confused about this. Why is it Johnu and not Robert Tanyan? Okay, first of all, Tanyan. The reason I picked Johnu over Tanyan is because people were taking picking up Johnu after a good week one and actually playing. Exactly, him people lineup. are adding Tanyan right now. Like he's he hasn't even made the list. He's not even on teams yet because they're not adding him until tomorrow or I guess tonight, yeah. last night because it's Wednesday. That's fair. So that I would guess be just, that would be my argument for the first four weeks. He is not the waiver king because he hasn't won anybody any games yet. Yeah, I feel like there were some people who plugged him in this week. Yeah, all right, but it's not like he was going nuts. He had like fifty yards and a touchdown. All right, that's two. fair. All right, that's fair. And I also, I, I feel okay. I get that because also Lazard. I think I like Lazard as a choice, even though he is, I mean, out for a long time because Devonta got hurt. People added Lazard and then he crushed it. So I appreciated that. And Jonu Smith is is the third tight end in points per game because he didn't play last week for the, obviously. But I mean, that's pretty crazy. Whoever believed in him, it really paid off. Yeah. The other person I just wanted to shout out here who I think is a huge... Well, it's not a snub. It's just that we probably should have done a flex for these positions, so sorry. But Jerk McKinnon <laughs> has been fantastic. He's another yeah. one, though, that that has only really had one one good solid week. I mean, the first two weeks of the season, he wasn't really a factor. No, but for the time that he... Since he's been a waiver pickup, he's been extremely solid. He has, but I think, I think James Robinson and Mike Davis are above him. Mike Davis is like 80% of McCaffrey right now. 
I don't know. I'm saying he's clearly third to me. McKinnon. I just wanted to shout out Jerk <laughs> McKinnon for getting touchdowns in multiple games since he's been in people's lineups. I think he's the appropriate third option here. Yeah. Did you read off a few of the other people reading votes? Miles Gaskin, Daryl Henderson, Naheem Hines. Yeah. Uh, at receiver. How did Scotty Miller not win? How did how did we not? Well, get I don't. There? All right. I I want to be kind here. Why did you guys <laughs> vote for Scotty Miller? Who's plugged Scotty Miller to their lineups this year and been like, thank God I played Scotty Miller. I had him in lineups last week and he did pretty well. He did fine. He did like 19. He was my lowest ranked vote. I think he gets right. a vote. Fine. He gets a vote. He, he gets, didn't Bobby <laughs> Wagner get an MVP vote one year? Who the hell is Scotty Miller? I think that's the whole, I mean, like who the hell was yeah. he? And then the season started and now he's probably on half the people's teams and leagues. Seeing him next to Justin Jefferson, who has had, I mean, again, like the most yards for a rookie ever through four games. Just and then Scotty. Well, Miller he's not was, next to Justin Jefferson because Justin Jefferson made the first team all, all waivers. Right, fine, Scotty Miller's. All right, fine. I guess Scotty Miller's second or third team all waivers. Fine, I can give Scotty Miller third team all waivers. Fine. <laughs> Out of all these guys, who do you guys like the most going forward? I like Justin Jefferson. Actually, James. Like, are you talking about receiver James only? Robinson? No, I'm, if you can only pick one of these guys going forward, who do you want in your team? James Robinson. James Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. And Maybe Janu. Mike Davis for every game that he plays, but obviously McCaffrey's coming back. But if McCaffrey came back, got hurt again, I would pick Mike Davis. James Robinson feels like a legit, like he's going to be their starter. He feels legit to me. He's like the Chris Carson where he just is so good right away out of nowhere that the team is just going to stick with him. Where do you go to college, DK? Illinois State, I believe. That sounded like Ron Burgundy reading a teleprompter. Let me, Illinois Illinois State? State. This he is another one of these players where you go back. Yeah, it's Illinois State. You go back and you watch. And I did the exact literally, you could do the same exact thing with Chris Carson. There's a reason these guys went undrafted. I went back and watched his tape kind of during the preseason when people were talking about him, like really being exciting at training camp and all this. His numbers, like his underlying numbers, because he was he had a ton of production, ton of production over the years. Um those are really, really strong. And that's why he was on people's radars in terms of like the dynasty community. But man, I went back and watched his tape. I'm like, this guy is just a jag. Like he just, I mean, he's literally a jag. Well, you mean like, jag by that? You mean just, just a, guy. a guy? Yeah, just a guy. And there, honestly, I, I feel like there's a reason. There's a clear reason he was undrafted. Cause I don't know. Honestly, I just, I watched the tape. I didn't think it was very good. I'm not like, you know, the running back whisperer or anything, but um, he's clearly a lot better than any teams thought and or I guess other than the Jaguars who who, who went out and got him in free agency but um, I think the same deal is like it, that's why it really reminds me of uh, Chris Carson too because like he changed his style of running and he was like his tape was not good and he was injured a bunch in college it just like you go back and watch his college tape from Oklahoma State it's like okay there's a reason this guy was a seventh rounder no one ever heard of him and then all of a sudden they're like freaking amazing not to mention even in training camp he was option D there was Raquel Harmstead, there was Chris Thompson, there was Divine Zigbo, and then James Robinson was the fourth dude, and then basically through injuries and COVID list, just was like, oh, he's the starter. The way that he's running, though, is very impressive. Like, he's really decisive. He gets downhill, like, in the blink of an eye. He's hurling guys. He's physical. Like, I'm not taking away anything that he's doing, but I'm just saying, like, it's surprising to see him all of a sudden just be so good because, you know, I don't know. I just I didn't really see it when he was in college, but... Yeah, this this does it does support my theory that aside from the absolute elites, I, th- I think most running backs that are healthy are just pretty good. <laughs> yeah, 
I, I really do a, think that you could just grab like the average guy who like is the running back at Auburn, put him on a team and with a decent offensive line and a good scheme, he'd be pretty good. Look at what happened. This is just this is getting off topic a little bit, but look at what happened with the Browns last week. Nick Chubb, who is universally considered right. all world running back. Uh, got hurt in the first quarter and they still ran for 307 yards and like average. Dernis Johnson came in and, and yeah, Dernis you know, Johnson breaking tackles at a ridiculous rate. Like it's there. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to that. That's why like when running backs go out, it never really affects like this, the, uh, the line or anything like that. The running back is a conduit of the entire blocking scheme. That's the person who gets statistics for the work of 10 other people. And they're all just these ridiculous athletes. They're all absolute, you know, monsters on their teams in college. It's like, yeah, they're they're all going to be decent. And and like, if you give them the right system, yeah, plug and play whoever you want. Mike Davis, he's all right. Well, no, they're not all. Who's the guy who came in for the Rams last year? The big CJ Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, that guy's not a great athlete. Oh, yeah, because you want to <laughs> look at his numbers? He was like really good that year. He was oh, like no, a Craig citing stats. Don't well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like he could, he puts up. I mean, he was like taking reps away from He's Todd good. Gurley. because Todd Gurley couldn't walk. Okay, I think I, I like overall, Craig. I agree with your stance. Like, there's obviously the Kamaras and stuff, but there are there are guys that are pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, <they're>, yeah. <laughs> like most Kaylin of them Balazs are on the Giants, or whoever. Like, yeah. So I don't yeah, know. Craig doesn't watch the Giants clearly. Okay, so just to return to first team, all regrets for a second. Which of the, so that's Lamar Jackson, Kenyon Drake, Le'Veon Bell, DJ Moore, AJ Green, Rob Gronkowski. Do you have hope for any of these guys getting better? Well, the, the obvious choice is Lamar. Okay, Lamar's not in this. It's. I mean, I think it's Drake or DJ Moore, and I think I would pick. I guess I would pick DJ Moore. I would too, since he's the hill I'm dying on. <laughs> and I, and I think that Gronk is also a hill I'm still going to die on. Like, wow, with OJ Howard out now. They might actually be forced to use him. They've got like a lot of injuries. This is this is Tuesday, so well, it's Wednesday in people's ears, but it's Tuesday in our correct, lives. correct. This is Tuesday slash Wednesday. Tuesday Buccaneers practice zero receivers practiced. <laughs> Chris well, Godwin's out. Evans was out. Scotty Miller was out. And I think even Watson was out. I, I don't know. I saw a tweet that said zero Buccaneers. Receivers. This is like an invincible situation. Remember that Philly story, the Mark Wahlberg movie. They're just like signing guys <laughs> off the street. Call someone up. Craig, get out there, man. Maybe you should switch to receiver. I could do that. Maybe like a Logan Thomas situation. Get, get the Maybe the Tampa up. Bay Lightning are free and they can show the Bucks and Tom Brady like some championship mentalities. Mm, yeah. Brady doesn't have those. No. Anyway, so the hills I'm dying on are Gronk and Moore. TK, did you miss the Call of Duty generation? Like you never played Call of Duty, right? I played a little bit. Okay. So in Call of Duty, when you die online, like you kind of go into prone for a second like you're kind of like you can be revived but you have 30 seconds mm-hmm. that's where you are on this on, on the hill like you're like the fact that you're still on the Gronk hill is like you can get revived you might be able to be revived this week and you'll get up it'll be fine but you also it's it's not looking great what's it called in Halo it's like re you regenerate or whatever yeah respawn respawn yeah. <laughs> trying to get respawn you're that's giving your take CPR and we're, we're right on the borderline if he's gonna die or not okay <laughs> Speaking of which, let's get into some bad beats. I put I put two this week because I, I really like two. Uh, let's hear this it. one's from Joe. Love the show and had to share this bad beat for my league last night. Standard scoring ten team league. Sorry, Danny. I'm gonna I'm taking I'm losing my ten team league take. I think you said that just to trigger me, and everyone else took it personally. 
I think that's very, very accurate. <laughs> I didn't realize you did. It's just to trigger me. I, I was Most late of the things that. we say on this pod are just to trigger another person on the pod. Anyway, so. back to Joe's email. Heading into Monday, first place team in our league is down 4.6 points to the worst team in the league, but he inexplicably has left Devonta Adams in his wide receiver slot, in his wide receiver slot instead of flexing him. The manager realizes this rookie mistake and makes a panic trade of AJ Brown for Marquez Valdez Scantling oh, and no. puts him into the lineup. <laughs> MVS nets him 4.5 points instead of 0.6, loses by 0.1 points, and now has to deal with a bad beat coupled with the reality he gave up AJ, AJ Brown for Marquez valdez Oh, my. Oh, my. This is one of the worst ones I've ever heard. <laughs> he fucking traded AJ, AJ Brown, Brown just for one lose. win? Uh, he lost. What a moron. Why would you? <laughs> no, I... That's so bad. It's week four. It's not week 11. Like, it's well, not. Well, if you're staring at the game and you're like, wait, I need five points to win, you need the win. Makes a panic trade. So you trade AJ Brown? Are you nuts? I mean, that's not ideal, but geez, that's so tough. But there's another one that I wanted to read because I couldn't not read this one. This was from Philip. Went into Monday with a 19 point lead and Calvin Ridley. Mm. <laughs> the other team has Todd Gurley, ended up losing by like 0.4 points because of the Ridley goose egg, but an extra detail to add insult to injury. I run the team with my dad Sunday afternoon. He accidentally drops Calvin Ridley from our team because the app is open and his phone is in his pocket. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was a butt drop. A, a, a hip pocket. Yeah. Hit drop. Yeah. We immediately, were you just talking about dropping Julio Jones, like a different Falcons receiver? Yeah, but like, that person did it like it? deliberately by clicking. This guy did it no. like a butt phone call. <laughs> yeah, his dad did it. Okay. We immediately text the commission about it. And instead of discreetly putting Ridley back on our team, the commission texts the league group thread and tells everyone we dropped Ridley and to not pick him up. The league goes into chaos with people clamoring for Ridley to go to waivers. Obviously he doesn't and we get him back. We start Ridley. He gets a goose egg. We lose by 0.4, and the whole league proceeds to dunk on us. It was not a fun night. Also, I am a Texans fan. Football sucks. Ball don't lie. This is the quintessential ball don't lie situation. <laughs> God, so many accidental drops. I can't believe it. I have a couple really close bad beats that I want to share with you guys. Last, last night, I lost one of my leagues that I won last year, so I'm like really wanting to win it a second year in a row. I lost in that league by four points. Austin Eckler and Calvin Ridley netted me a collective two points. So that's tough. Thanks, guys. That's tough. Also, the other one that I think is funny is last night. I didn't actually lose this one, but I thought it was making me sweat. I went into this game last night, Monday night game with uh, Green Bay and Atlanta. I was up by like 30. I had Matt Ryan and he and my opponent had Tanyan. And this is a tight end premium league, so you get 1.5 points per reception. And I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention until he had like two touchdowns. I was like, oh shit, like this is actually going to be close. I ended up winning by six, even <laughs> though I, I went into the game up 30 with Matt Ryan and he almost caught me with freaking Tanya. Anyways, I thought that was pretty fun. That would have been an all timer. An almost beat. An almost beat. I'm sure there were people that had that beat though last night. That sucks. But the Ridley one of just like, also, I am a Texans fan just slayed me. <laughs> <laughs> Best of luck to you. Whatever. At least you have Deshaun Watson. It's all good. Yeah. Nothing like watching Deshaun Watson's prime slip away as you well, realize that Jesus. he and you are getting older and the slow march of time <laughs> moves on. Okay. Sorry to Philip. Sorry to Philip. Sorry to Joe. Uh, shout out to uh, Philip's dad. 
that's you know what that's tough you should lock your phone when you put it in your pocket you know what that reminds me of is there was a new york magazine story about rudy giuliani national security cybersecurity advisor who had four phones and they were all bumping into each other because they were all unlocked and the series were talking to each other oh my <laughs> he's God. explaining that he doesn't know how to use siri and he's like literally a cybersecurity advisor anyway hopefully that joe's dad is not rudy giuliani <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say there okay anyway all right Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to the accountants who protected these ballots. We're so glad that this process was done with integrity, and hopefully other ballots will be protected with integrity this month as well. So Stick around next week. We'll have Warren Beatty on the show. <laughs> this guy named Warren. All right. See you guys on Friday. <laughs>